Okay, recording, go. G'day and welcome to the third ever episode of The Bar, the official podcast of the UTS Law Student Society. We apologise for the delay in getting this out to you. Uh, it has been the Easter weekend. We know that you do rely on this coming out on time and we sincerely apologise. But here we are now, and joining me, as always, is the dynamic Dixon, Georgia. Nice to see you. Hello, hello, hello. Nice to see you too, Justin. How are you going? Good, Georgia. Good. Good. Nice to have a, um, a relaxing weekend. You know, nice to spend the, the weekend at home, which has been different to the last couple of months of my life. Um, but no, always, always look forward to the Easter weekend. Probably had about 14 too many chocolates, to be honest. Yeah, I think same here. I'm staring at a bin full of empty Easter egg wrappers and feeling a little bit guilty about that, but boy, they were good to consume. Yeah, I think that just about sums it up. But happy Easter to you out there, whatever way you choose to celebrate. Become tradition on the bar that we give our guests a very warm welcome. Try and talk them up as much as we can. Yeah, this guest does need some talking up and all the help he can get. Oh, yeah, this will be like selling ice to an Eskimo. But we do have, we are honoured by the presence of our uh, Vice President of Education. He's not happy with the start of this intro, but he will be a little bit happier when I run through this kind of list of achievements. So this man has achieved in his time with the LSS. Second place, Clayton Oots Junior Negotiations 2017. That's second place, a silver medal. Second place, Ashurst Commercial Law Moot. 2019, that's second place, it's another silver medal. Second place contracts law moved, uh, the UTS LSS contracts law moved 2019, that's another silver medal, that's third to the collection with still no mention of a gold. This last one could be a gold. No, this is last place mooting at the Australian Law Students Association <laughs> competition. It is really a hefty resume. Welcome to the podcast, Nick Plessis. <clears throat> Glad to be here, guys. Um, you know what? It feels good to have people talk about me, even if it is negative. And I will say, George has been present at every one of those events that you mentioned, on my team or on the other team at every single one of those. Look, I have been. I actually beat you in that negs and won the gold, but ever since you've joined my team, it's been silver from then on. Um, it's been no, quite it, a... it seems I carry the silver. Yes, you do indeed. Like a curse or a bad smell that hangs around. Okay, well, I know we've been very harsh on Nick to christen him to the podcast, but it's worth noting that we're not just bullying Nick. We do know him quite well. We do have a fair bit of history with Nick. Georgia and Pless in particular go way back to where it all started. Guys, I believe there's a story to how you two met, how you two became friends. Do you want to enlighten us? Yeah, so my first memory of Georgia... Uh, is from camp. Um, on camp, she was known as Guinness Girl. She came in wearing this jumper, this big green jumper that said Guinness. And there's so many people there on camp that you, your name kind of gets devolved into a nickname and that's kind of an excuse for Georgia it, with this upcoming era that she's made. So me and my friend Travis, we've probably been good friends since about year four, and we're uh, walking from our cabins down to go get breakfast and Georgia is sitting across the park with a friend. Now, the night before, Travis was telling me how he took care of Guinness Girl because she needed a bit of help that night. 
um, wasn't feeling too well and needed to be taken back to a cabin. Just now, Travis just common cold. Yep, common cold. <laughs> Travis has, you know, had to lose a bit of his spare time and partying time taking care of Georgia. That's a very common thing for Travis. He's a great guy. And he's telling me about the stories we're walking down. And Georgia shouts out and she goes, Hey, James, thanks for your help last night. <laughs> his middle name isn't James. His last name isn't James. She's just made a complete blunder to the guy who sacrificed a bit of his party for her. And he's, he's not even close to James. Travis and James have no sort of resemblance to Georgia. This is a shocking moment. They both have five letters in them. That's all of the help that I can give you. That, to be fair, I had seen them walking down and I saw Trav as I now know him. And I looked to my mate and I actually said, oh my gosh, that's that really nice guy that looked after me last night. I need to say thank you. And I said it with such conviction because I thought I was so right and I really just wanted to be nice. And it's come back to haunt me for years and years now. I just love how the defence is, well, they both have five letters in them. <laughs> I, could, I could be spelling Travis wrong, but I spell it with six. <laughs> yeah, and an essential part of when you're naming someone is a question of how many letters are in their name, right? <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. Georgia's just realised exactly what she's done. <laughs> I have made a second Travis-related blunder. <laughs> you cannot get this guy, you get this guy right for the life of you. Three uh, years on. Three and a half years. Uh, he is one of my really good mates now, and I cannot believe I've just done the math wrong. I used to be really good at math, and now I can't even count to six. <laughs> well, if you are a law student, uh, I suppose worried about how your math skills are going to diminish over the course of this degree, don't be, because we don't have to do much maths at all. Yeah. Um, and speaking of rocky starts, as well as a camp-associated one, um, I had a bit of a run-in with probably one of your best mates growing up, Tom Carney. Yep. Um, now, Justin probably remembers this pretty well. They, I think they've been friends probably for about nine years now. But I remember we were at Trivia last year and I was trying to throw a beer can to Brayden, um, a, a kid in the year below me at school. And Tom has just turned around at the complete wrong time <laughs> and has copped a beer can straight <laughs> to the middle of the dome. <laughs> and now in becoming friends with Justin I've become good friends with Tom but he won't let me forget that event nor for the remaining two days of camp as he walked around with a big bump right in the middle of his forehead would he not stop talking about it and I think it's worth noting as well that it's a forehead that is a really equal match for a beer can it is a filled out pronounced strong forehead that Tom Carney has on him so there was there was a real shutter, almost an earthquake around the island. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, you move on. Um, and those sort of relationships are often found, the best relationships are often found on rocky ground. Absolutely. And we were saying before that there's so much opportunity getting involved with UTS law, uh, so much so many opportunities that are going to advance your career, so many uh, chances for you to be professional and uh, apply for clerkships and do competitions and this sort of thing. Law camp is one of those moments where you just kind of enjoy um, being a bit of a fool and being yourself. Yeah, some of your best friends are going to come out of LSS events and just mucking around and having a good time and maybe forgetting their name initially. But three years on, you could still be best of mates. 
And now that we're taking all of our events online, there's even more opportunity making friends. We're running more events than usual with a weekly social event. So there's no reason stopping you even from connecting in from your bedroom. Yep, so Nick, we're a three-episode strong podcast right now, so I'd say we're going pretty well, um, and we've set quite a precedent, uh, mind the legal pun, um, but we do have one question for you that we ask all of our guests. If you were a drink at the bar, what would you be? Yeah, so I did think this one was coming. Didn't mean, <laughs> mean I prepared anymore. <laughs> your usual stance? No, God, no, why change? Um, <laughs> I would say probably a shot of tequila. A bit similar to you. I know a few, you had, a few episodes ago, G, you had uh, vodka. But I would say one of the differentiating factors of tequila, it hits you hard, it's quick, but also you don't want it alone, right? You need your salt, you need your lime, and I think after a few, I'm a bit the same. So who to you is your salt and lime? Like if you're going to spend a night with Nick Plessis, and you need him with some salt and some lime. What is the salt and lime? Like, is that like an amusement park or is that a particular type of person? Or I think it's just a room with a lot of people. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. In yeah. which you can leave and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Or, <laughs> or I will say, um, and Georgia can speak to this as well, Travis, previously mentioned good friend of mine, is probably the exact opposite of me. Very calm, okay. mm-hmm. doesn't speak much. And together we're a, a functioning human being. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so either a lot of people or someone who talks a lot less because you need both of those I think when you come to my bar yes, yes definitely and all the people interacting with you need a lot of other people as well so that you can have a bit of a short chat with you and then you're swiftly on to the next and we've got you know yeah. half an hour an hour till we have to talk to you again I'm just like imagining this podcast going up on Spotify surely we could just call it a roast of Nick Blessed this podcast <laughs> See, but you've fallen into my trap because we're all talking about me, and that's what I—that's what I want. You jo- played right into my game, Justin. We need to turn the oven up and actually burn him and get him out of this podcast now. The roast needs to go up. Please, the mistake quite was fragile. <laughs> <laughs> the mistake was made when he was invited. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, the, look, guys. The mistake—the mistake was made when I forgot Travis's name. I should have just yeah. called him Travis and that would have been the end of it. Yeah. I think Travis has been as integral to this podcast as I have. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like he's said more words than I have. more. We need to get him on for a response. <laughs> Look, we should move on from what has been the longest introduction ever of Nick. Um, and I don't think anything's going to change judging by the, the mood. Guys, we've asked this a few times, but I suppose... We've got a new guest on who likes to talk. Nick, what are you doing uh, to spend your self-isolation outside of LSS events, of course? Yeah, well, outside of LSS events, um, it's kind of been an opportunity to get into uh, a lot of my hobbies that I kind of had on the side, which I didn't really get to do. Um, I grew up as one of those Xbox kids. Like, my holidays would be spent at the computer, at the Xbox, just playing all day. So borderline this... Uh, quarantine has allowed me to get back into my old ways and I've got no problem sitting in front of my computer all day if I have to but one of the other things I picked up last year with Georgia and now have gotten the opportunity to pick back up is um, Dungeons and Dragons now it sounds incredibly nerdy and Georgia 
I think you can probably speak to when I gave you the pitch. Let me jump in and just say, I made fun of Pless for about two and a half years. The extent of D&D that I'd heard about was nerds who wore capes and sat in their dungeon basement in the dark and chatted to one another. And I thought that I was, it was not something I'd ever get around. You know, what's a dragon? What's a dungeon? No, thank you. And then somehow I got convinced. I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm still really at that point of, of perception. <laughs> uh, so if anyone's willing to, to kind of change my mind, what's so good about D&D? Well, Georgia can speak to it. So a quick summary. I'm, I'm not going to bore anyone anymore by going into the finer details. I just want Georgia to tell me maybe why she likes it from a general standpoint. But in short, it's basically a game where we're all sitting around on a table. We're now over Zoom. And there's one person who kind of runs the game. And then everyone else are their own characters. And I'm kind of describing the world in front of them and then they have to interact with it. If that's kind of the, the quickest summation of it. But what's good about it? I don't know. Georgia, what do you like about it? Do you like it even? Yeah, I really like it. You convinced me. We, I remember we said we'll play one game and then we'll never play it again because we're probably not going to like it. And now we're hooked and we have weekly sessions lined up. So I think... I like that it's an imaginary world and it's something different and you're hanging out with friends to create your own adventure kind of thing. So like, it's not like Monopoly where you go around the board or it's not like reading a book where there's a set path. We can kind of do whatever we want. We throw in our own personal jokes. We have our whole, bring our lives into it and there's a lot of friendship happening, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think as well, at least one of the things that I like about it is that it's just very different from anything else you can kind of mm. experience. Like, how many times have we played Monopoly? How many times have we played Scrabble, right? Like, you're kind of bound by... This is so stupid. But you're kind of bound by the limits of your imagination in the least corny sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. Well, look, you've done a, a an admirable job in convincing <laughs> me. I don't think you've changed my mind at all. But I'll respect your opinion. I did actually forget this was an LSS podcast and I was just talking about D&D. <laughs> I kind of got wrapped in my own world. And, and for people... D&D podcasts are the only other podcasts you listen to, aren't they, Flesh? Do you know what? George says it jokingly, but I have so many hours of D&D podcasts that I have going. It's, it, yeah, it's borderline embarrassing. Um, no, yeah. I uh, actually... It's, it's one of my side obsessions to the chagrin of my girlfriend, but, you know, we get through it. Well, guys, I hate to cut you off, but I think I do speak for the majority of people when I say that Dungeons & Dragons is not a massive part of my life and not why I tuned into the podcast. So, Nick, is there anything that you do with yourself that presents any sort of, uh, I suppose, crumb of worthwhile activity? <laughs> Well, my contribution to society is quite low, but um, <laughs> if, if you want to take it there, recently I did, um, I am doing, my other degree is business, and um, I've chosen a finance major, and quite recently with, I don't, I don't know if anyone's been watching the news, but along with this whole crisis as well, the stock market has responded adequately and taken a big tumble. And I was like, oh, surely this is something worth getting into. And now I've picked up a bunch of books about it. And following the theme of taking group events and then talking about what I want to talk about, last week me and Georgia had a Zoom call with our friends, our, our year friendship group, probably about uh, 
One might say a Zoom call. I would put it as a finance lecture from Nick, but I'll let you go on. <laughs> to be fair, it was a th- probably like a three-hour call and it was a 15-minute chat, but you could argue too long. And it was just me and a mate who had both gotten our own books talking about, you know, what we were learning. We've already established that my math isn't very good on this podcast, but I would totally agree it was way too big of a percentage on finance. Yeah, you're not you're not particularly good with your fives and sixes, Georgia, so <laughs> I wouldn't want to put too much money down your alley. I love that you guys are talking about um, finance and the share market and portfolios as if that's really unpopular, but Dungeons and Dragons got a massive run. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> There's going to be 10 times the amount of people interested in this than there were in your bloody online dragons. Just well, there's a good thing for you, Georgia, because if you're not good with numbers, it's a simple up or down, right? Mm. So right now we go down and hopefully one day we up. And then that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you have gotten to the point where you know that, you know, six comes after five and five comes before six. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, we can decipher that. We can decipher that. Yeah, the way I can tell the difference between five and six, you got five fingers. Six is just one more than your hand. Yeah, and you do have six toes, right? <laughs> Not quite, but I do have bare feet right now, and that mm. is going to spark something in your mind, hopefully, Pless. The barefoot oh. investor. Oh, I was worried where that was going. We're talking about barefoot <laughs> investor. It's another finance book. <laughs> Actually, Save your... for anyone who's doing a, a, a finance with their degree, um, um, I, I was say just going to say... If you're interested in that, you should pick up the barefoot investor. Jokes aside and boring, finance chat aside, he actually writes in a way that's just like a bloke talking to you over a beer. And it just kind of helps you get your money in order. Sure. sure. It's actually a genuinely good book. Yeah, I think I think the Barefoot Investor is kind of one of those widespread ones where even if you don't want to uh, get too into the share market and too into finance, you can acknowledge that you know you can do something with your savings to to help you come out on top in the long run. Yeah, yeah for sure. Finance has been a bit of a goal for me for this year and I guess being locked inside is the best opportunity to go for it. Um mm. Do you have any tip? Where should we start? Genuinely read the Barefoot Investor. I would say that's really good if you're just trying to get your head around your own personal finances. So a stock, the stock market's actually quite a small bit of the book um, because he's aiming it at just your, your layman who's trying to get a handle on their stuff. And the main focus of stocks for, in his book is about your super. But if you are... And I assume if you're listening to the LSS podcast, if you're in university, you're a bit younger. Um, one of the best things about the market is the time in the market, the benefits of that. Uh, just the amount of money you can make by simply just leaving money in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. And there is no doubt that most of our viewership are at university. Nick, you're spot on with that. <laughs> um, look, Georgia, I think we've lost all control of this podcast. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to talk about in regards to how you're spending your free time? Oh, look, other than D&Ding on the regular, um, I've been really getting into craft. I think that was just for the Easter weekend because, well, so unlike finance, my other 
degrees business, but my major is marketing. So I really like yes. creative things and I like um, a bit of a creative outlet that I don't necessarily get in law as much. So I've been channeling that into painting and craft and, you know, making Easter eggs and bunnies and designing our table for lunch and staying up way too late being engulfed by that. I don't know. Are any of you boys into craft? Um, me, not at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am curious though, like you did mention a few things you were drawing and creating. What's your crown jewel? Oh, one of two things for the, for Easter, um, I made, like I cut a sponge into an Easter egg shape and I made like sponge paints in different color that were the shape of Easter eggs and then drew on them and they were like confetti all around our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also made Easter hats that were very embarrassing, but have provided some great banter at our household that were like white birthday party hats with rabbit faces. And I think the bar listeners have gotten a little bit of an insight into your household by now, Georgia. We know that it's a household full of girls. Are your sisters getting around this kind of trend? Um, actually, yeah, it's been some nice bonding for us. Just doing something different. I think, oh, as I've told you, like our household's really busy, so we don't get much time to actually hang out and have a bit of sister time. So it's been really nice. I mean, Alice who's one of my sisters, doesn't have a creative bone in her body, but um, put in a lot of effort and it was really great to make all those decorations together. Are you bonding with your siblings, guys? To be honest, I look, I'm in a situation where I don't see much of my siblings. They're much older than I am. But I have to say, and it really does pain me to say it, I have enjoyed spending a little bit of time at home and having, like, and actually talking where I wouldn't before. I don't know. I, mm. I don't think he'll ever get me admitting that again. I'm glad we're recording this podcast forever then and we can repl- yeah. replay it. Yeah, and if my sister is listening, and I doubt she is because she, you know, she's not my biggest supporter, um, <laughs> please don't ever use that against me. Please don't ever use that against me. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I think there's going to be a, a lot of really good things coming out of this whole kind of isolation and hopefully people... Um, spending some more quality time with the people close to them is one of those things. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity to do anything beside uni work is just really welcome and a good time. Yeah. At least for me. And I think this is a little bit of a tangent, to be honest, but I think even beyond, like, there's some real benefits to this spending some time inside. I I was reading an article the other day about how it's going to change remote work forever you know people are getting mm. used to working from home people are being forced to work from home um which means that when everything does go back you'll have businesses that are, that might stay with this system for two days of the week or something yeah and i think you can even see that just in the lss the uh yoga run by uh our sports director under georgia and it was a great time it was good to have the experience of doing it at home you know it would be a bit of a bit of a big ask for some people to have to go into uni for a 30-minute session. It's a lot easier if I'm already home, I can do my 30-minute wind down after work and then continue with what I want to do if I want to study or just relax. It's great. Yeah, it's quite nice. I've got a big commute to uni and and work and go to the city every day and it's been so nice having two and a half more hours every single day to get stuff done. 
Yeah, there's nothing like rolling out of bed at 8.55 <laughs> and your workday is started at 9. It's yeah. amazing. It's so good. I do I do love that. And I think we're kind of at this situation as well where, like, everyone's in between this, like, yeah, I really love the freedom of it and the flexibility that it gives me, but I'd also like to be back out at bars mm. and back in the office every now and then. So hopefully when we come out of all of this, we kind of have a little bit of a balance. Yeah, I think a balance is what we'll end up finding. I think it was a few days ago, Justin, I even sent you a Snapchat, which was just, God, I miss the PAV, which is the Coogee Pavilion. Um, And it's such a small thing, but it's also just like, just such fun that you're, you know, you don't know when you'll get it back. Yeah, it's definitely given me an appreciation for all of the other things that I have going on in my life outside of the house. I genuinely thought I would never miss clubbing. (laughs) <laughs> but I think I miss clubbing. This is ridiculous. It's like it's a bit of a delicacy, you know. Like, and and I've seen people that are like different to my our age, and that's sort the of thing. Older people who miss, you know, going to the movies or or going to the pub on a Sunday afternoon. Like, it's things that we kind of trivialize, but it's it's the smaller things in life that people live for. Mm. I never thought that I'd miss going to the gym, and I really do. That's mine, I think, and I cannot wait until quarantine's over and we can go back. <laughs> That's a pretty healthy thing to miss. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of other unhealthy things I miss as well. That we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to just very quickly plug myself here. Something that uh, I did something the other day that's very out of character for me. I'm usually not a very resourceful person. I'm not very good at fixing things, to be honest. Um, I prefer to just kind of replace them with money. But the other day... The other day, I turned my... No, I can't do that. I can't do that again. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not? For those of you okay. listening, we're on Zoom and the system we're trying to use is putting a hand up when we want to talk to get around the whole lagging. And Plessis <laughs> just keeps putting his hand up and then removing it and not saying anything afterwards. It's just messing me up. Stop, but for no reason at all. It's as if he's here to stop. I, th- I think it could genuinely just be him getting jealous every time someone else is talking. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> well, based off his introduction, he does want to make it about the Nick show. So yeah. Look, I tried to do my bit. I tried to talk about me for a little while, but it, it's it's just not going to work. <laughs> Please, can we hear about your home gym setup? I am okay. Well. I've got this kind of inclined bench, which you can use for core workouts, right? But what Mm -hmm. I've been missing is a proper 180-degree bench that you can use to work your upper body, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously no one can see what I'm showing you guys here. But I've used this crate to get the bench to a straight level, which I'm very, very very happy about, potentially saving a couple of hundred bucks. Um, But, yeah, I just couldn't bring myself to buy home equipment when I know that the gym will hopefully be back in about two months. Can you describe it? I'm having trouble picturing it. So do you have a crate and then you lie on it and bench press? So, sorry, George has just gone bench press and done a movement with her hands that crossed over and was... (laughs) (laughs) That's like so far from pressing my chest. That's like dropping the bar onto your chest. Don't do that. Clearly, I don't bench press at the gym. Okay, <laughs> this is this is a podcast of just exposing all of George's flaws. But, uh, okay, 
I'll, I'll explain. Usually the bench sits on an incline angle, right? So like, I don't know what the actual angle is. Maybe 270? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, 45. Yeah. Um, maybe five or six 45, degrees. 45. Yeah, okay, it's my turn, to be, my turn to be the idiot on the pod. Yeah, 45, sorry. Usually sits on a 45, and, which means you will like lie down on it with your head up and your feet on the ground. Right, and that allows you to do all the other way around, and that allows you to do your core exercises and that sort of thing. But there's no function to get this thing straight at a 180 degree angle or 90 degree angle. I'm just starting to question what it is anymore. <laughs> um, get your so compass I've, out. I think I've you're protractor. <laughs> I propped up the side on the ground with a crate, so it now sits probably at about. 80 degrees, but straight enough. Yeah, no, that's that's really Eight, impressive. 80 you degrees. For your bench presses and whatnot. Yes, yeah, yeah as much as I can. But, um, yeah, that, that's, I suppose, the standard of my life at the moment, you know, using a crate, and that's that's my biggest achievement. I do have a question for you, Justin, because it's something I'm contemplating myself. The sure. other reason I'm not putting it to Georgia is because she does have long hair and I think could get away with this quarantine without cutting her hair. Is yeah. there a point where your hair would get so long where you would just shave your head? Because I think I'm getting to that point. I do think barbershops are open, but I don't know if that's where I want to be. They they are open, but I understand what you mean. Like, it's weird that that's been classified as an essential service. But anyway, we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they definitely are open, and my hair's getting a little bit long as well. I would never shave it because I've got a bit of a big head, and... If you shave your head, if you shave your hair, it looks like your head has gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah, so you I also look like a bouncer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not really the look I'm going for. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but all your personality. It's a good head of hair at that, Millie. <laughs> I mean, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I do know your name. For the viewers, the listeners at home, Justin's name on Zoom is Millie, which is the name of his dog, and that was a bit of a boo-boo on my part. Apologies. Your dog has its own Facebook page, is that right? Yeah, look, my sisters are crazy, Nick. My sisters are absolutely <laughs> crazy. So they've decided that, that was a really good idea to give my dog this personality. It, it, it's, it's quite a personable dog, but yeah, it doesn't know how to operate Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a dog so personable, but... <laughs> It deserves a Facebook, but I want to ask as well: Would a big distinction for me personally between like what how I'll judge a uh, social media specifically for someone's pet? Is it in first person or is it in third? Is it speaking from Millie the dog's perspective? Like today, I went on a walk because I didn't know. Yeah, it's in first. Yeah, it's in first. Yeah, no, not for me. No. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I can't. Yeah, it's 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 certainly not for everyone. I think I think it's kind of at its lamest when you've got like you're using the dog's page to prop up your own. <laughs> like my sister, my sister will like tag herself in a post, and it's like just with my sister. It's like no, your these accounts. <laughs> it's like that's that's the height of sadness. Are you just salty oh. because your dog isn't promoting your own accounts here, Justin? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Someone give me the goddamn password. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, yet to get an Instagram account, but mad his dog won't give him some promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
publicity. Yeah, Justin's still yet to get an account, but you can't have a conversation with Pless without him advertising his account and his converse. <laughs> Hang on, this is so uncalled for. Someone scripted as well. Like, it's just this nowhere. is so rude. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I think I have to explain it now. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Plus, is so not upset that he now has to plug himself yet again. All I'll say is if anyone's curious what that Converse comment meant, feel free to look. <laughs> feel free to reach out. I can talk. And... That's it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Georgia, your dog is getting quite <laughs> old, mate. Last time I saw your dog, he was not really um, listening to me, at least. Is that a common thing around the house? Um, yes. Our, uh, my dog's getting pretty old now. So she's 13, which is really old for a Labrador. And we absolutely love her to bits, Patchy. But um, she's had... It's going a bit deaf. Um, and mum's... Quite, it's quite funny because she'll be standing at or sitting at the dinner table, we'll be having dinner, and she'll be calling the dog. She'll be like, Patchy, come here, come here. And, you know, we'll feed her a few little bits under the table. And she just doesn't turn to look at mum at all because she's going deaf. And the funniest thing is that mum just gets so upset and hurt about it because she <laughs> likes to maintain that the dog loves her the most, but Patch won't even look at her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it can no longer be you can no longer be passed off as selective hearing when it just can't hear anything at all. <laughs> so for someone who's never really had a pet besides goldfish, when a dog gets to that point, how are you even interacting with the dog? Oh no, I guess, I guess... she can see us and like patting her and stuff. And we had a a fire, not a fire, what a, like a not a bond. What are they called? Um. Yeah, I did forget hearing is one of the five senses. Um, <laughs> yeah. Back to the number five. I think this podcast is rolling around the number five. Whoa. Whether we can count. I love how Plessis is like, well, if the dog can't hear, you know, how are you? <laughs> like, it's just not an essential part of your interaction with the dog. Like, how, are you, how are you still talking to it? How are you having conversations? Like, it's just not what you usually do. How will we listen how my day was if he can't hear me? How can I, I run I a Facebook account for my dog when I can't hear them talking to me? <laughs> Well, a Facebook account would be the best thing for, for Patchy or whatever this, whatever this dog's <laughs> You know, this is, this is reminding me of that Disney or Nickelodeon show, um, Dog with a Blog. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, 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 yep. where some, the dog writes a blog. There are some great pages on Facebook. So, we've moved so quick off Dog with a Blog. How? Why? <laughs> what is he writing about? <laughs> My my suggestion is that if Patchy George's dog has lost its ability to hear, it can now communicate through the online online sphere. Mm. No, no, no. I'm, I'm following that. Um, just for <laughs> <laughs> I'm following that. Two and two makes five sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we still have a good time. We take her for lots of walks and pat her and stuff. And, you know, she's she's great. We love her. Um, but, you know, what they say, dog's man's best friend. She's one of my greatest buddies. 
We have a similar system going at the LSS. Not quite as exciting, I will warn, because it's not a dog. But what warning, good segue ensuing, we do have a buddy program. To be fair, Justin, who runs the program, has been called worse. So I will say that's not... (laughs) I'm I'm going to ignore that comment and focus on... George's comment, which in fairness, I think in the very short history of the bar could be the best transition we've ever seen, uh, moving the buddies in. But yes, we do have a buddy project which connects uh, first-year students with... Oh, sorry, first-year and international students, I should say, junior and international students, with uh, some senior buddies who have been there, done that, seen it all. Um, This semester, obviously, the buddy project is going to be run online, which means that You'll be connecting by with your buddy via Zoom and that sort of thing. Um, but no, definitely get involved. It's, it's an absolute staple. Um, it, it's really one of those things that everyone sort of gets involved in. Uh, look out on the LSS Facebook page on the 17th of April. There'll be a post um, which advertises the event. Get on that event, click going, um, click sign up. You know, you absolutely will not regret it. Yeah. Um, in my role as... Vice President of Education, I'm sort of on that with Justin. And last year, I was in the role as well. I think we can say the three of us have all been involved in the Buddy Project since our first year. This probably, I think, would be mine and George's fourth year of the Buddy Project, and I can't yeah, advocate indeed. more for the uh, program. I think it's a staple of UTS LSS, and it's kind of an essential part, really, to get the full experience uh, with the LSS. And one of the things that we kind of have pushed with the buddy program is it can really just be whatever you want it to be. So in semester two, when uni goes back, it can be uh, having a beer with a mate of yours. It can be having a drink at the bar. It can be, um, you know, getting a coffee with your buddy. It can be studying with your buddy. It can be playing sport with your buddy. You can meet twice a week or three times a day, you know. Yeah, it could even be just someone to, not a student around to just bounce ideas off about your degree, assignments, what path you want to kind of go. Um, I think one of the main things that the Buddy Project tries to do is to match up similar people, whether that be on degree or personality. But um, I know, at least for me, it was really beneficial to have someone who was also doing business law and who was also doing finance, actually, when I was a junior buddy. Um, I would say he's quite responsible for the path that I took. Yeah. Yeah. giving me that information to further my time at uni. Yeah, and be super honest on those forms. It's quite funny, my story, my first buddy, when I was in first year, I actually got matched up with one of my best friends that I went to school with all the way from kindergarten to year 12. That's how good their matching system is. I was given another me, and so I cannot recommend Buddy Program enough. They've helped me with assignments and supported me through law school, which is inherently a hard time. Absolutely, and it's so good, I suppose, not that I've had this experience yet, but um, everyone says that it's so good to transition from a junior to senior buddy and give back to the program and then get the experience to, um, to mentor a younger student. So all the kind of senior students listening get involved too yeah and i think at least for me one of my favorite parts about getting involved with the lss is just the familiarity of the people in your degree by the fact that 
one year being a, a junior buddy, then becoming a senior buddy, they become faces and friends that you know around campus. And sure. it makes your experience at uni a lot more enjoyable. I think like, at least for me, one of the things that, you know, has gotten me through my constant lectures or uh, some subject that I'm not really enjoying is knowing that a friend of mine will be in that class. Yeah. And I think mm. getting involved in some of these programs are the way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And this semester, um, probably more important than ever, to be honest, yeah, we can't shy away from the fact that people are going to feel lonely. People, some first years and international students may feel like they're lacking direction. Um, so if you are sort of one of those people, get involved, get your buddy, um, talk to them and they will be more than happy to help you out. Mm. And we're all in our second or fourth year of uni and struggling with the transition enough as it is. So mm. I can't imagine how first years are feeling and um, the best way to get some support and some familiarities through the buddy program. And Definitely. imagine how exciting it's going to be when uni opens again and you go on campus and know a few faces already. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, one of the most, one of the things me and Justin were most excited about introducing to the Buddy Project this year was actually the idea of supergroups. Um, Justin, if you want to take it on supergroups, yeah, sure. So we <laughs> we thought that it would be kind of beneficial to. So obviously, the Buddy is a one-on-one project. We thought it would be beneficial to uh, expand that into a supergroup where three or four different Buddy groups. Um, kind of get together and become and and meet in a kind of larger gathering you know people can find it easier to interact when there's more people around um we may get it wrong with your buddy every now and then we are human um so you may you know enjoy interacting with a different buddy so uh, come semester two when this is all being done in person fingers crossed um we will definitely be looking at these super groups where um, yeah, you'll get the chance to interact with three or four people rather than just one. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's beneficial for all parties because as a junior buddy, you're not only meeting your one singular senior buddy, but you'd be going out or whatever supergroup activity you decide to do. Not only are you, are you interacting with your senior, but you would meet maybe three more of your senior buddy's friends and also their three juniors. And now you've just expanded your network four times what it was yep. prior. Mm. Yep. So, and you've got, you know, three or four people to ask every time an assignment comes up and three or four people to cross-check, three or four people to ask when you when you need a coffee and you want to see if anyone's around. It's a, it's a great, great program. One of many great programs that we offer, it must be said. Um, and there are a few other ones coming up. Nick, do you want to tell us about some of the other stuff Uh, that the education portfolio is getting up to. Yeah, so the next initiative that we're really excited about is the Advocates Mentoring Program. Uh, Applications have been open for a few weeks now and they will be closing this Friday. But in short, the program is similar to a buddy project, except instead of matching up a junior buddy with an older senior, it matches up students in their penultimate or third year with a current practicing barrister. Uh, And that gives students the opportunity to get a bit of insight into that. I would say, at least on campus, we get a lot of information about uh, commercial job opportunities and um, your litigation, your negotiation, but uh, you don't see a lot of uh, 
advocacy or talking about what it's like to be a barrister and this mm. program is a great insight into what that life is like and uh, getting an older mentor that you can keep in touch with through your studies. Definitely. And I think what you're seeing here is that the broad spectrum of the OSS, aren't you? We can, um, we're catering for your, I suppose, social needs with um, interaction between LSS students and LSS members, but also really looking after um, some of those more vocational and career-based initiatives. All right, well, we have probably exceeded our word limit. If you're still with us by some miracle, thank you for listening. Um, Nick Plessis, you've been a great guest. We'll be looking forward to having you on again. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Really fun. Thank you, Pless, for coming on tonight and for not jangling your silver medals around too much and affecting our audio. Uh, I did my best. (laughs) Thanks, Justin, for being a wonderful co-host as usual. I've been Georgia. I've been Justin. And see you next time at the bar.